Welcome to the Bruce Siski Show. Follow the Bruce Siski Show on Twitter to interact anytime. Got something on your mind? You can text Bruce during the show by using the short code 84454. You're listening to the Bruce Siski Show on 610 and FM 103.9 KDAL. 10-11, it is a Monday, second day of October 2023. Bruce Siski Show on KDAL, great to have you with us. Hope you had a good weekend, plenty to talk about, plenty to get to. Very busy week on the radio show. Let's jump right into it. The Bulldog football team now 5-0, 38-14 over Monona State Saturday at Miloski Stadium. Voice of the Bulldogs is Jeff Papis. This is his regular Monday slot. Good morning, sir. Good morning to you. Uh, first off... Uh, we've got Chase Volger coming up in about 25 minutes, by the way, to talk about the offense. But uh, he seems to be enjoying dialing up some trick plays. We've had a, a couple of these now uh, in recent weeks. And, and the best part is, unlike some teams out there that run them and they don't always work well, they're running for him. They are. Uh, this team is very, very good. This coaching staff is very, very good at examining other teams' tendencies and figuring out what uh, what fun stuff will work, uh, which makes them extremely difficult to scheme. Yeah. Chase really was on his A game uh, on Saturday, <laughs> as evidenced by the fact that four different uh, Bulldogs completed passes and only two of quarterbacks. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, when the only thing that goes wrong is you horse a field goal right before halftime, that, that you've had a good day. Yeah, it certainly was uh, a good day. They were better in the red zone, I think, than uh, definitely than they were last week at, uh, at Southwest. It was a priority item for them, and the defense continues to play extremely well um gave up uh, 14 points seven of which shouldn't have counted and uh, other than that or uh, you know it's it's just uh, another week at the office which is a really nice feeling to have for this team yeah tell me as i i had uh, i had tuned out at this point because it was i i had a pretty good feeling with how this game was going to end and so i tuned out i did not catch this touchdown that apparently should not have counted but i got multiple messages from people asking why they don't have replay in the nsic which i thought was funny because i'm like well this is division two football after all uh but tell me take me through what happened well, when he said you didn't catch the ball, neither did he. It, it turned out, it was a, just a post pattern uh, and a deep ball down the middle that wound up getting caught inside the 10 but fumbled through the end zone. And uh, it was the replay made it fairly clear that it was not a touchdown. But uh, that, was the, that was the ruling. And, I mean, the reason there is not replay in the NSIC is that not everyone has the same facilities. Yeah. Let's be honest. You're not going to be able to go to Concordia, who does do their games, you know, uh, on, on the stream, for example, and get the same production you're going to get from I-9 here in uh, in Duluth. So you can't you can't have a level playing field, so that's why they wouldn't do that. But there was, with the replay they put up on the board made it absolutely obvious that it was not a touchdown and should not have been one. And I thought Marcus Glodowski's blood pressure would spray out his ears on the sideline as he was uh, trying to <laughs> remonstrate with the official on that side. And uh, you know, it's uh, but still they they played well, they won easily, and uh, all credit to them. Well, and, and at that point, you're just you've got to be thankful. My, you're thinking you're lucky football got stars. This is not a close football game. Yes, that's true. Because if it had been one, then that would have been uh, really, really unfortunate. But uh, we talk about uh, doing fun things on offense. How about Trey Dillon on defense, dialing up pressure that gets you eight sacks? Uh, that's he's, he's 
the coordinators and his team are on their games. Let's put it that way. Yeah, uh, Jeff Papis joining us. Uh, yeah, pretty good bet that Drew Hennessy will be the NSIC Defensive Player of the Week when that award is announced here at the top of the hour. Three and a half sacks for 18 yards on a six-tackle day for Drew Hennessy, who has really come into his own here this year. He has. Last year, he showed himself to be a very, very good uh, presence on the edge as, as an edge rusher goes. But, you know, yes, he has taken a quantum leap this year. And that front line, that front seven, finds ways to get to the quarterback that I didn't know existed. Let's put it that way. And and they are really, uh, really putting on a show each week. And it makes it easier because the secondary in this team is so deep and so talented. When you're hurrying a quarterback, then, you know, everybody – gets into the act eventually and you know and Cole got another uh another pick later on in the game uh how much of a boost was it do you think to these guys to get brad Dottie back last week it it, it just it, it i can't imagine it's a coincidence that they've had prior their two best defensive games of the season since he came back could very well be but i'll tell you what i think it's a bigger boost to the team and then even be to brad and that is uh I mean, it sounds odd because Brad would uh, would probably give his other knee to be able to, to play at the level that he was at before. But, um, you know, he's been good, but watching other players react to Brad has really yeah. been the fun thing. When he got his sack in Marshall, uh, he was – he might have been the 11th happiest player on the on the defense. Those <laughs> guys were all over him, and uh, you know that's uh, that's just the the team ethic that uh, that this group has, and the great teams do have, is that whole thing about I don't care who gets the credit, and this team genuinely does not care who gets the credit, and and that's a fun thing to watch. And having that be kind of ingrained in the culture of this program, man, it, it is so cool to see. I've said this before. I think I've said it to Kurt before. It's one thing I cover a team. There's 27 people on it, and it's one thing to get 27 people to buy into whatever you're trying to tell them. These guys, they they're trying to get you know a hundred players to buy into what they're trying to tell them and and be you know part of that team concept, and they're able to do it. Oh, they do, and uh, you know on the road, for example, I mean it's uh, it is all business, and uh, and that's really what it should be, of course. But uh, these guys, they do it for each other as much as they do it for anything else, and uh, the unselfishness of it is is really fun to watch. And you you see it, you know, on a hockey team, and you see guys dive into block shots, you guys killing, you see guys killing penalties that aren't getting, uh, you know, as much credit as they might deserve. But those are the types of glue guys that uh, that you have to have. And this team has quite a number of them, and uh, and it's fun to watch them interact with each other. All right, favorite trick play on Saturday: Deshaun Ames throws a touchdown pass, or Levon Bellamy throws a pass on I think a third down play. Well, I think Ames was uh, not that Levon's was bad, mind you, but let's put it this way: uh, Deshaun could have run for a touchdown. On That's that true. Yeah, and opted to throw it. So, which is going to lead me to ask when I next time I have a chance to speak with Kurt uh, later this week will be: Was that play designed to be a run or a pass? Because it could have scored either way, and you know it's entirely possible. Deshaun might have said, "Well, you know, I'll just throw this." <laughs> <laughs> so the ball's going to get there quicker if I throw it than That's if right. I run it there. <laughs> yeah, but either way, he was they were going to score on that play. So play design, 
A plus result, obviously a double plus. But uh, I think that was that's one of my favorite plays All right. this year. I'm going to make sure I jot that down. To ask Chase because he's going to be on in 15, 20 minutes, I whatever would. it is. Yeah, I'm curious to see what he says. I yeah. see. Yeah, I, 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 I'm going to ask him then. Was that was that supposed to be a run or a pass? And see what he uh, you know because if it was supposed to be a run, he'll say I, I would imagine that that was designed to be a run. He saw the he saw the lane to throw it and decided to take that because that's there's mm-hmm. again the result. You can't argue the result. No, no, not at all. Uh, you get style points for it, too, which is a bad word. Yep. Uh, does Sam Pitts, uh, what, what's that catch radius like? Because it feels like everything thrown his way does does not escape. No, it does not. Uh, he has a large wingspan. But the uh, the story about why he's wearing zero, I think, is uh, is a good one, too. Tell uh, us. Kurt Weezy has talked about that. They had uh, a competition between the, the offense and the defense during drills, during fall drills. And the player that performed the best on the winning team uh, could wear zero, but the captains on the other side of the ball had to vote for it. So what they did was the offense won those skills drills, and then the defensive captains got together and said, who on the offense was the best? They chose Sam Pitts, so he gets to wear zero. And uh, and that's the that's the way it works. And Sam has been a wonderful this season. There's no two ways about it. But you go three for three, right? Three for seventy three and three. You know you can rest easy. You did well, um, but that's that's why. And uh, it, it's a fun story. Uh, Kyle Wall Jasper just continues to evolve and and, and 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 mature and develop that that passing game to go along with the running game. And and I will maintain there's not a quarterback in this league that anybody wants to tackle less than Kyle Wall Jasper. That's very true. He is still in the top ten in Division Two, all of Division Two in rushing. Uh, he has an inherent ability when you know they're doing the you know zone reads uh, to to pick the right spot and uh, and to make something of it. And of course, he's so darn big that uh, you know he's a he's a quarterback that initiates contact when he gets downfield. He likes to deal it out, and uh, that's wonderful. As long as he stays healthy, uh, they're going to be fun. Fun, fun coach on offense. Uh, 19th ranked in the uh, coaches poll last week. Got to think they're going to be moving up a little bit this week after that win on Saturday. But a big test awaits Jeff on the road. Uh, one of the longer trips you'll find in this league, Wayne, Nebraska, Saturday, 1 o'clock here on KDAL for the Bulldogs and Wildcats. Absolutely. One of the things about the Winona game that gave them some uh, uh, extra energy was that Winona basically was the team that played them out of the playoffs last year. You know, and Wayne was another team that was eight and three that was uh, you know right up there with them. It's going to be a good test. No two ways about it. Wayne's coming in with one loss. They uh, they almost well they had Minot last week, so you know Minot's better, but still not where they need to be. So they're going to be rested up. Their number ones are going to be ready to go, and it's going to be a fun game. Hopefully, uh, we'll see a six-zero Bulldog team when it's done. And this is uh, this is crunch time for Wayne. That they've got a big stretch here. They play three out of the next four against UMD, Bemidji, and Augie. Now the upshot for them is all three of those games are at home. So you know they they, they get those teams on their home field. They got to beat at least two of those three teams, if not all of them, to, to keep their playoff hopes alive after that early loss to Mankato. Yes, they do. And, I mean, Mankato themselves going and winning at Bemidji on Saturday uh, by a field goal, but they still won it. So, they, you know, you know they're going to be there. Uh, with Wayne, Bemidji, Augie, who UMD does not play this season, 
uh, it's going to be a scramble, a mad one at the top of this league. And, and we, the one thing, the, the the great unknown, because it's been so long, it's been over a decade since anybody in the NSIC played a non-conference game. Now everybody's got one. We don't know what the impact of these non-conference games is going to end up being on strength of schedule for this league and for the teams that are in it when when it comes regional rankings time here in a couple of weeks. So it seems they, they got to find a ways to win games and, and kind of you know that whole control your own destiny thing. Not everybody does. There is one important team that does not have a non-conference game, and that's Bemidji. Oh, that's right. They only have a 10-game schedule. They've got a week off coming up in two weeks. And uh, it doesn't directly impact their game when they come to Duluth. But at the same time, everyone else is playing 11 games. Bemidji is playing 10. I would expect that to hurt them when it comes to seeding. But uh, but we'll... We'll have to wait and see, obviously. But, well, uh, but they get a week off in the middle of the season and nobody else does. And that might make it even more paramount they went out, which is going to be yep. difficult when they have to go to Wayne, they have to go to Duluth, and then I believe they do it in back-to-back weekends. So That's correct. Yeah. Yep. All right, sir. Uh, we'll be listening from Wayne, Nebraska, Saturday. Thank you, as always. We'll talk next Monday. Take care. All right, Jeff, Jeff Papis, voice of Bulldog football here on KDAL. 1230 for the pregame from Wayne, Nebraska, as the Bulldogs take on Wayne State on Saturday afternoon right here. On KDAL. Great to have you with us on a Monday morning. Chase Vogler, offensive coordinator for the UMD football team, coming up in a little bit. We'll talk, get the, kind of get his thoughts on some of these uh, these fun little trick plays they've been inserting into the offense. They're always more fun when they work. That's uh, absolutely a true statement. 1023 at KDAL. This is the Golden Gopher Daily Update. I'm Mike Grimm. We'll talk University of Minnesota football next. At Western National, nice is more than just a word. It's a movement. Nice is there when you call. Nice is sincere. At Western National, nice is the foundation of how we serve every customer, whether it's for your home, auto, or business. And don't we all deserve a little more nice in our lives? Ask your independent agent today for Western National Insurance and experience the power of nice. The Golden Gophers won their homecoming game over Louisiana 35-24 on Saturday. Receiver Daniel Jackson caught two touchdown passes in the victory and joined our Justin Guard on the field after the game. We went out there and we went about executing in a proper way. And, uh, you know, just details and fundamentals and, and the plays going to work. We just trust the process. It was fun to see multiple running backs get their turn today after Darius Taylor kind of had all the carries last week. What did you see from them, especially a young buck like Zach Evans? Oh, it's always a next man up mentality. We always knew Zach uh could uh, play at a high level. We've seen it in the spring game, but uh, it, was, it was nice to see Zach do this in the, in the uh, stadium. Talk about both of your touchdowns. Let's go uh, last to first. Um, the fourth down play. Take us through that play. Did you know you were wide open right from the jump? Uh, I know it was an excellent play call. I mean, we call it for the uh, for me to be wide open. We got the uh, defensive eyes in the wrong spot, and then you just make the play. That's all it comes down to. Last thing. How badly did you guys need this feeling after a tough couple of weeks? Uh, it was a good thing to respond and bounce back off of uh, two losses, but um, we always got a 1-0 mentality, so uh, next week is going to 1-0 in Michigan, but uh, it was nice to go 1-0 in the Louisiana game. That's Daniel Jackson with Justin Guard. The Gophers will host Michigan this Saturday night at 6.30 in a battle for the Little Brown Jug. For more info on that game, including ticket info, go to gophersports.com. That's the Golden Gopher Daily Update. I'm Mike Grimm. Miss a part of the show or you can't believe what Bruce said? You can podcast at KDAL610.com. 10.30 on a Monday morning. 
couple of notes from the weekend. The Vikings in the win column for the first time. Beat Carolina yesterday, 21-13. Uh, Saints Scholastica back to even at 2-2. Two and two. Saints knocked off McAllister Saturday, 23-17 in St. Paul. Go for football team being heard with uh, Mike Grimm there. Improving a 3-2, and two, knocking off Lafayette, 35-24 as the uh, Michigan test awaits this weekend. That'll be a 6-30 kickoff Saturday on FM 98.1. The Minnesota Wild are in Duluth. More on that coming up here in just a little bit. Also, one of the notes, uh, Grandma's Marathon just announced. Let me grab the uh, press release from my friend Zach, uh, Zach Schneider. Just sent this out this morning. Uh, we are at close to 10,000 that have signed up for race weekend events for 2024. And Grandma's at the opening five hours of registration uh, last night. My goodness. 9,450 people. Signed up between 7 p.m. and midnight last night. That is nearly 4,000 more than last year's total. Uh, last year, the second fastest sellout in Grandma's Marathon history. They're hoping that this one uh, might even break that mark. If you want more info, by the way, go to grandmasmarathon.com. If you want to run, I would suggest maybe jumping on that pretty quick here because it looks like that is going to fill up very, uh, very quickly. Just like last year, the half marathon always goes first. But, yeah, go to grandmasmarathon.com and get more details. we got a busy week on the radio show. We will set you up for that as we continue and also have a conversation coming up with the offensive coordinator for the UMB football team, Chase Vogler. We'll talk trick plays and just the overall efficiency we've seen so far from the offense. Chase Vogler after a CBS News update, 1032. Bruce Siski Show Monday Morning Edition on KDAL. Sometimes I feel like everyone I work with is an idiot. And by sometimes, I mean all times. All the time. Every of the time. On 610 and FM 103.9 KDAL. 10.37. We are live at Amsoil Arena tomorrow. Minnesota Wild practice, 11.30 to 12.30. Doors at 11. And we'll have Wild President of Hockey Operations, Bill Guerin, on the radio show tomorrow, live at the rink. Join us then, 10 to 11. And also going to be taping tomorrow with Michael Russo of The Athletic, taping with UMD women's hockey head coach, Maura Kroll. You'll be hearing those interviews coming up. Also later on this week, Michigan Tech hockey coach, Joe Sean, UMD senior captain, Luke Lohite, UMD junior alternate captain, Dominic James, We'll get you loaded up on previews of this weekend's hockey openers for the men and the women. Joining us now, offensive coordinator for the UMD football team, the great Chase Vogler. Good morning, sir. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Uh, thanks for doing this. The first question, because Jeff and I were talking about it, so you can – and it's not an argument. We just need we just need to know. So Deshaun Ames takes the, the end around and stops and pops a pass for a touchdown on Saturday afternoon. He also could have run that ball. He could have walked that ball into the end zone. Was that a design pass or a design run? <laughs> that was a design pass, and I've learned in history, even if you tell them to run it, if it's open, receivers want passing touchdowns. So <laughs> the, I knew I knew once, once Sam cut open, I knew that ball was getting thrown. So. Yeah. We, well, we assumed that it was one of those deals where he's not passing up the opportunity to throw that football because it was wide open for him. But we, what we did, because it was also wide open for him to run, and we just didn't know if that was if he called Nad Lib there or if that was the initial call was to throw the ball. Yeah, no, it was definitely a, a pass. 
So he did a good job. When uh, when you dial up a play like that, I, I know they don't always work, and I don't want to talk about that stuff. That's not fun. When you dial up a play <laughs> like that and it works the way it did, what kind of dopamine hit is that for you as a play caller? Uh, it's fun. You know, I think, you know, our guys work really hard, and um, I've talked about this before that it's kind of just the – I, we steal coordinators steal a lot from others so we I just stole that actually on Thursday morning from Georgia they ran it a couple of years ago to Washington and I was looking for a couple extra red zone plays and we kind of found ourselves in a weird situation second and goal from the 20 and you know I think we actually didn't get the defensive look I wanted um, they blitzed it and luckily our guys did a really nice job but it, I mean it's always good when something like that works and the problem with it is if it goes bad you're all of a sudden third and goal from the 35 but we were really, we we're ready to take that risk so georgia ran a play a couple of years ago and you just happened to remember it or how does it how do you even go about finding something like that to steal it because it wasn't yesterday that they uh, ran it no uh, yeah we uh we we have a lot of film saved of different unique things teams have done that you know i think fits our system and uh if i ever feel like in a game plan i need a couple extra and whether it's a two-point play or something like that you know i just kind of have them and now today in today's world when if you get into the third overtime it's just a two-point conversion battle you better have you know four or five plays in your back pocket that you can go to uh, in case you get into that situation um so i was kind of just short on those kind of plays going into thursday's red zone period and just went and kind of found a couple so one from the so one from the Georgia Bulldogs and one from the Chiefs that we didn't run and then practiced them on Thursday and Friday and obviously worked on Saturday. Talking to you and the offensive coordinator, Chase Vogler, we, we talked, you and I talked in August before the season started about the, the concept of stealing plays and, and more and more coaches are admitting that, that they steal stuff because, it, I mean, oh, come on, it's so obvious. We, we saw the Dolphins do that, the, the motion out thing with Tyreek Hill in week one and suddenly the 49ers doing it in week two. We all know that coaches steal stuff. It's just how it works. It, it, but it's a fascinating concept to me just to even think of something like that. Oh, that might work for us and then you throw it in and it works perfectly. Tell me about the other trick play you ran with LeVon Bellamy. Yeah, so that was actually, um, you know, kind of the funny thing about it is that's kind of, most trick plays get schemed up a little bit, and that one was Northern State ran that kind of toss play for like a one-yard gain, and I just kind of saw on film how the corners and safeties reacted to the, the pin-pull look, and so we just put we put it in and. We put it in. It was one of the first trick plays I drew up in my notes because I thought they were way over aggressive on that down block by the receiver. And Jimmy DeRocher did a really nice job. And LeVon put it out there far enough. I wish he would have threw it a little farther, but it worked. Uh, the offense right now, it, it just seems to be clicking in a lot of different ways. Even when you're not at your sharpest, like, like you maybe maybe against Southwest wasn't the best offensive game, you're still moving the ball, putting yourself in position to score points. How good do you feel uh, about, you know, you, you mentioned the guys are working so hard. The, the work ethic obviously is there, but they're executing so well right now on game day. Yeah, you know, I, they've done a great job. You know, and, um, you know I, think, I think our guys kind of heard the noise a little bit coming into the year about, uh, you know, how are they going to replace Armani and Brent and Zach and Wade and Byron? And, you know, they, I think they heard that a lot. And, and we, we knew we weren't going to be able to replace those guys, but we still had a very capable offense, um, talent-wise and depth-wise, do a lot of unique things. We got a super smart team um, that we're, that allows us to put a lot on them. Um, but our guys have executed at a high level. They've done some good things. I think they're hungry um, to continue to get better. You know, I think 
Sundays are for reviewing film and looking at all the things that could have gone better, you know, fumbling inside the red zone, a couple missed blocking assignments, um, doing stuff like that or things that can cost you games. And uh, we got a, we got a hungry group that's fun and, and understands that, you know, it's only going to get tougher from here. And, you know, we got to continue to execute at a high level and do a lot of really good things and, and block out all the praise and noise that will start coming our way because we've been good, you know, and I think, I think everyone was shocked early. Now everyone kind of sees like, okay, this, this team might be all right. And uh, they'll start talking about our offense a little bit. And we got to do a good job of kind of just blocking that noise out and playing every game. Like, you know, no one expects anything from us. I mentioned we had Jeff Papis on last segment to talk about the game a little bit. And, and of course, we, we gravitated to, to what the defense did and the eight sacks and Drew Hennessy having a big day. But it's so much of, of what they do is predicated by the front and, and the front seven, maybe more specifically, on your side of the ball, your offensive line, how good have they been here? You mentioned losing Brent Lang. A lot of teams lose a guy like Brent Lang, and that offensive line's going to take a step back almost naturally. Your offensive line is you – know, one to five has been really good from day one. Yeah, you know, it's, we've uh, we've benefited a lot on being able to create depth over the years, recruiting wise, developmental wise. Guys coming in and maybe not, you know, being a starter in their retro freshman year on the O line, and and having to grow, having that extra time where we're not throwing a lot of guys into the fire. And um, you know, our guys have done a great job. I, you know, I've, I've talked on the show a lot. You know, our line coach does a fantastic job. He works extremely hard to get those guys ready. Um, you know, Coach Ensley's got those guys playing at a really high high clip. And, uh, you know, Justin Hall has played tackle, guard, right guard. He's played everywhere for us and uh, has done a great job. And uh, it's just, I'm just, uh, I've been super impressed with everything we've thrown on their plates. Uh, they've handled extremely well. And, um, you know, I think, I think coordinators are kind of that as well. Guys talk to me after the game about how well our offensive line plays and how much we do with them. And uh, you know, we recruit a certain type of athlete at the line position and teach them how we play our style, and they do a great job with it. I'm excited to see us continue to get better. I still think there's plenty of room for improvement there. Talking to you, the offensive coordinator, Chase Vogler. Sam Pitts, uh, three catches, three touchdowns on Saturday. And, and it, it just seems like, you know, again, you, you talk about everything you ask him to do, he is doing. And, and Jeff told the story of how he earned that number zero for this year, and he certainly seems to be earning it each and every week over and over again. Yeah, you know, Sam's a mismatch. You know, you're just, just – you're going to either get a inside backer, you know, a safety or a corner or something on that guy, and someone, some way, he's going to have an advantage, whether it's size, whether it's speed. Um, so, you know, we've been we've done a good job as an offensive staff of finding ways to use his ability in mismatch situations, and you saw that against Sioux Falls. You definitely saw it again last week against Winona, um, where we were able to get Sam one on one with linebackers, and we're just we're going to win that matchup, and we understand that a lot of times, not a lot of times, so. Uh, Sam's done a good job. He works hard. He's extremely gifted. Um, hungry to be better. Um, you know, and we're excited to continue to find new ways to utilize him and uh, get him touches and you know and find different ways to create mismatches. The efficiency for that you've seen from Kyle Wall Jasper in just his sophomore year, and we've talked a lot about him. I, Kurt Weezy and I chatted last week, and you know it's, his development and his maturation, and you know the the, the level headed nature of of you know, how he carries himself each and every day for you guys. How valuable is that as you put more and more on his plate? It just it seems like he's such an even keel cat. Yeah. I, 
Kyle works extremely hard. You know, I think uh, he's obviously super talented, but um, the work he puts in uh, outside of practice and meetings on his own is, I think, the reason we've been so uh, efficient this year offensively. Um, been able to do so many different things and move so many different pieces and create so many different advantages a lot because of what Kyle can handle mentally. Um, and he, he's, he's getting better every week. And he's throwing balls, and you know, he had a couple great throws on – on Saturday, and I think a couple throws that he wish he could have had back. You know, I think that's what keeps him hungry and continuing to want to be better and find new ways to win games. But the thing I like about Kyle is I don't I don't think he really cares. Um, you know, he can go he can go thirty for thirty one with five touchdowns, and he he'd only remember the one incomplete pass he threw, and that's just kind of how he's wired. But you're going to win a lot of games with guys that are wired like that, and uh, I'm excited to see how he continues to improve this season and obviously for the next few years. Uh, a couple more for Chase Vogel, the offensive coordinator. On, on on the subject of the quarterback, the offense as a whole, you, you've turned the ball over, I think, five times in five games, which isn't bad. You're plus six on the take give, which is good. But you've got a sophomore quarterback who hadn't thrown a whole lot of passes before he got to UMD. He's thrown one interception in, 50, in 94 attempts this year, knock on wood. Stays this, this good, but how good has he been at taking care of the football? Because that's so important. Yeah, and I, you know, he's done a great job. And I think Kyle, a little bit of that is, like, he, he understands his he's got a weapon with his legs. So he's not going to put himself in a ton of really bad situations where he's going to try to get to his third read and let the pocket collapse and throw a bad ball. He'll just take off and turn something into positive. I mean, like, the first play of the game last week, you know, he, he ran for 20 yards on just a drop-back pass. Like, that's, that's a weapon in itself. So he's done a great job, especially in the red zone, of just being smart with it. Um, you know, not forcing anything. And you know, the one, the one interception he did throw this year, he was a little late on a read and got his arm hit. So you know, he hasn't given him a lot of opportunities to go make a play. And um, you know, if we don't turn the ball over in games, we're going to win a lot of them. I think a lot of people would say that. And we haven't done a great job of keeping the ball off the ground. That's something we got to improve on. We got four fumbles this year, and one being on a kickoff return. But we got to take care of the football a lot better um, in terms of fumbling, and uh, we're going to put ourselves in a lot better situations. You know, obviously. Something that we preach is right now we've got three three red zone turnovers fumbling football, and that's something we got to fix if, if we're going to win games that are close. Wayne State here this weekend down in Wayne, Nebraska, Saturday afternoon here on KDAL. Uh, tell me, uh, just kind of early look. I know it's Monday, but an early look. Some of the challenges here that you'll see from the Wayne State defense this weekend. Yeah, they're really good. I mean, they're a great team. Uh, they're a playoff team last year, just like Winona was. Um, you know, and they're going to be uh, a defense that moves a lot, flies around a lot, pressures a lot. Uh, good linebacker play, solid D-line play, good on the back end. Um, a team that gave us a lot of issues in 2021 and came into our place and beat us. Um, you know, we understand the challenge at hand. You know, they're uh, they're fighting for a playoff spot just like we are. You know, I think uh, the winner of this game is going to put them in the, in, the, in the driver's seat to make a run to the playoffs, and the loser is going to be in an uphill battle. And, you know, we need to do a good job here this week of preparing at a higher level than we did last week. Um, that was been our challenge to our guys. Uh, and go into to a tough place to play in Wayne, Nebraska, and come out of there with a, with a hard-fought win. Safe travels this week, man. Thanks for doing this. Best of luck Saturday, all right? Awesome. Thanks, Bruce. Appreciate Thank you. Appreciate me. it. All right, Chase Vogler, offensive coordinator, Bulldog football, 1 o'clock Saturday here on KDAL. 10.50, back in a moment to wrap things up on the Bruce Siski Show. Your Twin Ports home for Twins baseball. In the corner, KDAL. 10.59. 
We are live at Amsville Arena tomorrow. Minnesota Wild Open practice. Hey, join us. Come on down. A little late morning bit. 11.30 to 12.30. Doors open at 11. Free parking, free admission. We'll be there 10 to 11. Joined in the last half of the show by the Minnesota Wilds President of Hockey Operations, Bill Guerin. That'll be tomorrow live from Amsoil. Join us then. Brad and Kenny sound off after the news. Have a great Monday. Thank you for listening. This has been the Bruce Siski Show. Hit us up on Twitter at Bruce Siski Show and let us know what you think. No. Yes. No. Well. No, I I crossed my mind. Visit KDAL610.com to podcast today's show anytime. What'd you say? Listen to shows on demand and download for free. You can also subscribe via Spotify or your favorite podcast app. This has been the Bruce Siski Show. CBS News is up next. For more than 80 years, KDAL 103.9, W28FBFM, and 610 KDAL Duluth Superior, a Midwest communication station. KDAL.